Welcome to Finance Feeds Podcasts. Finance Feeds is the world's premier interactive Forex industry news source, providing the latest insights and current affairs from within the online trading industry worldwide. Enjoy our latest podcast episode. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining Finance Feeds Podcast. This is episode 13. My name is Nikolai Saev. I'm editor-in-chief of Finance Feeds. Joining me today is Ilya Volkov, who is CEO and co-founder at Uhodler. Ilya, welcome to our show. Hi, Nikolai. Hi, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's definitely been quite a long time since you and I have been in touch. Um, just wanted to find out how your summer has been. Um, and if you've been to any cool or interesting industry events this year or any coming up before the year end. Oh, yeah. Summer. What is it? Uh, actually, you know, crypto never sleeps. So why would we, you know, sleep? Uh -huh. So uh, I even don't remember what happened during the summer because it was just a regular, you know, business period. So quite active, quite busy. As for events, actually, yeah, we we are actually visiting different events uh, and uh, like uh, even today, some of my teammates are taking part at uh, Token 2049 in London. Mm -hmm. So uh, as for my personal <clears throat> participation, so like a week ago, I had a chance to visit Lugano uh, Plan B Forum. And actually, I was like impressed with uh, the energy, you know, of, uh, of Bitcoin uh, enthusiasts there. Mm -hmm. So and uh, the interesting part about Lugano is that it's actually very nice, uh, very nice uh you know showcase of how crypto can be really utilized because at the um, official level uh lugano authorities accepted um uh bitcoin uh, and some other cryptos as uh, uh basically legal tender so you can you, you can pay for your food your your you know beverages you can buy different stuff in lugano city uh with no issues so um they also implemented uh, some local wallet for local residents and they also introduced some local token so and uh, speaking about the conference by itself again it was a lot of energy just mm -hmm. just uh, imagine for a second like uh i believe you can imagine how lugano looks like it's a beautiful and cozy uh italian swiss uh, city very beautiful with very beautiful lugano lake so sure. in the, the, at the end of the conference uh they presented incredible drone show uh, on a lake, so like a massive. Uh, it was visible from uh, Switzerland, from Italy, with thousands of drones promoting an idea of Bitcoin. So, mm -hmm. and it was like a heartbreaking view for for Bitcoin maximalists. So, mm -hmm. and just <laughs> it's it's first, yeah. it sounds like crypto conferences are more exciting than forex conferences. <laughs> for sure, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. Even during the time of uh, you know crypto winter. Yeah. We still can see uh, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of you know positive vibes, and a lot of people who are keep building, which uh -huh. is very good. Well, uh, you mentioned crypto winter. We'll get into that in our discussion. But I wanted to start off right off the bat with like a very fluid topic: um, uh, FTX and Binance. Uh, what's been transpiring uh, really? All of this week, I think, since the beginning of the week, this whole situation started. Uh, I don't want to recap anything here on, on our episode. I'm sure folks can can find out what's going on in the major uh, media outlets. But what's your take on 
the situation so far, right? We first we we see that Binance is stepping in to help. Now we're sort of uh, people are taking a step back and looking at FTX and Alameda uh, in some way, shape, or form, and what actually transpired perhaps months ago, um, which could have caused the current issues, so to say. So, what's your take on everything that's going on? Yeah. So. Um... Uh, first of all, of course, uh, we all can see that FTX event triggered another wave of, you know, um, uh, confidence crisis. So uh, people again faced some, you know, um, some issues with uh, with the confidence, confidence in crypto in general, which mm-hmm. is of course uh, something bad. But in the in reality, I would say that that FTX is not another Lehman Brothers. So they did not hold any systematic risk. So they were just one of uh, guys who were big enough, but who were bad with risk management. Mm-hmm. So during the last half a year, I think we have noticed that crypto industry is getting, you know, uh, mature by going through these ups and downs related to some crashes of, of some of market participants. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that some of uh, early crypto companies uh, were just brave and were just too much focused on crypto by itself. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, crypto is not a revolution. And I will always, you know, uh, say that that crypto is not a revolution. Crypto is just another logical step, evolutionary step in the development of financial technology, financial industry. So, and we should all respect uh, traditional rules. We should all respect and we should learn from the past, from traditional industries. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and to me, it seems like uh, guys who just failed recently, they simply didn't respect uh, rules of financial industry. They didn't pay much attention to traditional risk management approach. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like they were betting and maybe at some points uh, leveraging their uh, balance sheet, uh, uh, they were risking uh, customer funds, just betting on on some bad uh, instruments, mm-hmm. like Luna a few months ago or some other things that that happened with FTX. But again, my my take on it is very simple. Of course, now we have a lot of emotions. It was a bloody night last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, prices dropped. So a lot of, you know, crying people. Uh, but this is like a, another wave of uh, confidence crisis. But this is not like a, a real crush again, because it's not another Lemon Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's just another big player who did some mistakes with, uh, with uh, even some s- simple things. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we all remember uh, how it's all started. Like it's all started with like some kind of a carnival atmosphere with crazy VCs who were just, you know, um, uh, feeding a lot of companies with enormous amounts of funds. And of course, it's resulted in these kind of mistakes. A lot of young guys got a lot of funds and uh, and they started to play with them mm-hmm. without paying attention to to real rules. So, mm-hmm. but now I think we are slowly but surely maybe sometimes painfully progressing to maturity mm-hmm. just because uh, industry uh, learns from 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 these kind of cases so mm-hmm. so we should keep building um, uh, there is no any substitute to hard work right we should all keep 
uh, building. We we should all keep working. So there is no yeah. substitute. There, there there is no easy money on the market. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I I know the situation is very fluid. Uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, Binance indicated that they would buy out FTX's non-US business, but uh, subject to due diligence. Uh, from what I've seen in the last uh, day or two, that due diligence has started and has not presented anything. Uh, positive for Binance, at least, as far as I understand. Um, I know it's all very speculative at this point in time, but what do you foresee happening? Because FTX and Binance are some of the biggest players um, in the crypto space in terms of retail uh, services, right? Uh, services for retail traders. But there's obviously other big players out, out there as well who... Um, may not have been impacted by any of this outside of the um, uh, mass weakness in price that we're seeing. Um, how do you see this playing out in the, I don't know, maybe short near term in terms of, you know, will there be someone who will, who will actually step in and uh, basically take over the assets or, or the, the client yeah. base or whatever it may be? So, of course, I don't have uh, any uh, details. Of course, I don't have an access to their, you know, mm -hmm. uh, reporting. And um, so I don't see their actual balance sheet. I can only guess. So, and I can guess that, that Binance started their due diligence and they simply discovered that they have a big, big issue with the balance sheet. So, mm -hmm. uh, probably they, they, they just noticed that company was playing with the customer funds and simply lost customer funds. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, and uh, as I know from media, uh, that the amount of losses are quite significant. Like the recent news was about $8 billion. Like Sam was trying to get additional funding for $8 billion. So can you imagine any crazy VC who can just simply burn eight, another $8 billion? Mm -hmm. I'm not. So that's why I don't think that anyone will step in. Probably someone will try to get some PR uh, exposure <laughs> uh, playing with this messaging, like we will try to do something with them. But in reality, um, unfortunately, so uh, it's really big amount of money. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure that, that someone can, can, can do that. So, but again, the positive side of this is that market becomes mature. Mm -hmm. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to ask is, what do you think about possible regulatory scrutiny also? Because it seems like, um, you know, this situation, and I also wanted to, again, maybe I can ask you in the next question about Celsius Network. It seems like that was one of the, that was one of the precursors or one of the unfortunate events that happened recently as well that looks very similar to uh, this situation with FTX uh, in the sense that there, there was no oversight. There was no outside oversight and uh, perhaps uh, regulations in place, uh, right, um, that would dictate how uh, such companies need to, um, uh, how they need to segregate funds or use their funds, basically yep. what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do from a risk management perspective to protect the entire ecosystem, so to say, right, the entire uh, uh, crypto ecosystem. Do you think that this will, you know, we've been waiting for the United States to kind of get its act together, all the different regulatory bodies in the United States to get their act together. 
to have some sort of unified sort of regulations and, and things like that in place. Do you think this is going to, these situations are going to speed up that process? And do you think that there might be some outside regulatory scrutiny uh, even, even now without any established rules? Yeah, so I think uh, you can see that there, there there are a lot of crazy things happening uh, on the global markets and uh, at the state levels. So there are a lot of very strange decisions coming from different sides, and I'm speaking about financial markets and not only. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd like actually to quote uh, Jesse from 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 Kraken. So uh, today he has published some nice you know thread on Twitter. Uh, with uh, some number of points. And one of his points was like, US lawmakers and regulators have some accountability too. You draw this business offshore because you refuse to provide a workable regime under which these services could be offered in a supervised manner. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm fully with him. So uh, regulators were not very much efficient in some countries. And by that, uh, businesses were pushed out for offshores and being uh, offshores, they were um, out of any control and they were able to do anything they, 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 they'd like to do. So, and this is the problem. So, of course, we still have two different options. O- option A, maybe regulators will introduce some smart regulation with uh, some smart rules uh, and simple rules like segregation of funds. Mm-hmm. But maybe they will come back with uh, some... some um, uh pardon my french uh some stupidities right uh and uh, in case of the option b which is stupidities we will go into another circle of another wave of uh, of another offshore companies with even more uh risky things so mm-hmm. i hope uh that finally we'll get smart regulation so um and I hope that regulators will learn from these kind of cases together with the industry and they will provide all of us with really efficient frameworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and uh, again, we don't need uh, to reinvent the bicycle because again, we can apply the same rules to crypto like we apply for traditional financial instruments. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, so so I hope that uh, we will see something uh, rational from regulators. Um, so in Europe, uh, so we actually have quite quite a good and rational approach uh, from Swiss regulators. Mm-hmm. So and uh, it's a nice example of avoiding you know reinvention of any bicycles. So uh, we we can see that they are trying to implement and apply same rules um, everywhere where it's possible. So we can see in Europe, of course, in Europe, uh, Europe is like quite a big region and quite contradictive with many states inside. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, finally I can see that we will have this MECA in place implemented and the regulation will be unified for for different countries. Mm -hmm. Of course, with uh, some nuances, not really positive for some elements of uh, decentralized finance. But in any case, you know, I hope and I see that it it has really good chance to to bring some, some positive, you know, wipes to the market and to uh, push development of some good projects. Mm-hmm. So, um, Well, Ilya, I wanted to also ask you about 
the situation with Celsius network that transpired months ago. It seems like it was yep. already a long time ago because you are, I would, I would argue you are an expert in like crypto lending and, and uh, you know, the business side of things. Do you think that the, the situation with Celsius network is very similar to what's transpiring now with, you know, FTX and other companies who've unfortunately gone under, uh, or, or, or did Celsius Network, you know, do things in, in, a, in a different way uh, in terms of its risk management that led to the yeah. situation that they're in now and their customers are in now? I think uh, it's pretty much similar to what, what just happened with the FTX. Again, uh, uh, it was an issue with the uh, lack of respect to traditional risk management. Mm -hmm. uh, because as you can see, the main goal of the project was to to collect as much um, customers as possible with as much uh, deposits as possible. So uh, with uh, one simple probably thought in mind that uh, like if we'll have like billions, we'll be able to play with the billions and to generate another billions. But the problem is that uh it doesn't work like this more the more money you have more risks you have right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you, sh you should be able uh to to manage these funds and uh as you can see guys just were trying to to play let's say let's say like a hedge fund game so they simply took uh some customer funds and uh, put their uh, them into into some number of different instruments like luna for example Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like some kind of a betting and uh, we know that uh, with betting it's always like 50 to 50 percent probability you can win or you can lose mm -hmm. so uh, they lost those funds and by that they crashed the system uh, i mean their, their system so uh and speaking about celsius by, by itself i never supported their even uh, even their you know brave messaging uh with um you know statements like unbank yourself mm -hmm, mm -hmm, banks mm -hmm. are not your friends it was mm -hmm. too brave it was too aggressive and it was too far away from from my reality mm -hmm. in my mind so mm -hmm. again um uh, i think it's pretty much similar to ftx and again it was like another example of mistakes uh with um, uh, risk management so um um, so speaking about our approach, we were always conservative. We just started from um, from crypto back lending business. It was our the very first product on our platform. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, in reality, just in a few months uh, after launch, we we started to add more services. And um, <clears throat> as of now, we have a number of crypto deferred services. So first of all, we have. On one hand, all, all, all major uh, coins and tokens integrated. On the other hand, we have a number of fiat currencies integrated. Mm -hmm. So we still have crypto back lending solutions. We have crypto conversion or exchange service. We have uh, interest accounts in crypto and staking. So we have a number of trading solutions. And our business model with paying interest uh, is totally different to the model that Celsius used. Mm -hmm. Because uh, our model is something you know similar to uh, cashback, so we generate our revenues in-house um, uh, from our commissions and, and uh, in-house trading solutions, and we simply pay back part of this revenue uh, to our customers. So something like cashback. Uh, mm -hmm. So meaning we always keep you know the system balance, like we earn 
certain amount of money and we pay back just a share of this money we never pay more than we earn just to avoid disbalance uh on our balance sheet <clears throat> so mm -hmm. this is this is really different so and we never uh, take customer funds outside of the the platform outside or outside of the system this is the major difference i think because again we are very conservative with uh, risk management so yeah and um yeah. Would you say, Ilya, I know that you have a background in Forex, right? Um, previously, would you say that part of your, you know, you and your co-founders and people involved in launching Uholdler, you guys took your knowledge and experience from the uh, uh, foreign exchange market where, again, the rules for risk management, uh, collateral, right? All of these things have been set up many uh, yep. for, have been around for many years and did you take some of that sort of so those, those those learnings and experience from from fx and sort of apply them where they need to be where they can be and need to be applied to your business at uholdler uh yes absolutely uh, actually fx and not only so i think i have something around 20 years of fintech experience already so and uh, mm -hmm. i initially started uh uh, with the commercial finance, uh, it was factoring and commercial finance services. And actually, I was back then. I was a part of Lehman Brothers crisis. Oh. Uh, and I don't want to go back again. So I don't want to 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 allow you know um, any businesses to do the same mistakes. Like mm -hmm. uh, speaking about commercial finance business, um, actually, uh, the the problem, as we all know, uh, was in uh, the over leveraging you know of, of of different kind of financial instruments like mortgages mm -hmm. so i was far away from the u.s mortgage business uh i was like getting funds from um, uh, u.s and uk investors and i was placing them into some small and medium enterprises in europe and, and um, the cis countries mm -hmm. so it was like a supply chain finance and the problem was like uh immediately after like 11 brothers you know failed we got a number of requests from our uh, partners from US, UK banks and financial institutions. So they simply uh, requested their funds back. And it was like a disaster event for thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of small and medium enterprises. It was like a immediate crash. So uh, so I, I, I hope that uh, professionals of financial market learned a lot from this uh you know event mm -hmm. uh, like i did <laughs> sure. so and uh, that's why i'm saying that uh, most likely like celsius and ftx just simply did simple mistakes uh and we all can easily even google if we're too young we can google and read about lemon brothers and the all the event of 2008 right mm -hmm. so yeah but uh so i was lucky enough to get this experience from from uh uh, that that case and speaking about effects uh yeah effects uh, is actually very very nice industry because it teaches you to work with different kind of currency exchange risks so and uh crypto is all about you know volatility so and we all want to have volatility to work as our friend mm -hmm. but in order to to have volatility as a friend you need to understand how does it work mm -hmm. so and uh fx actually again it's like a very very good um you know industry with uh actually it's actually i think this this industry exists for many years already like uh, it's not just uh, came up after 
um, introduction of, of um, uh, golden standard even before, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's all came from there. Cool. Um, I wanted to actually ask you also uh, a little bit more in detail about you, Hodler, because um, I saw recently that um, you guys got regulatory approval to operate in Italy, and I think uh, you also sponsored a um, soccer or football team there as well. And I saw also in terms of like uh, hiring and staff that you guys had an open position. You guys were hiring, I think, over the summer for a hybrid position, and yep. uh, which was looked like it was based in France. I wanted to ask: Is uh, are these sort of steps that you're taking part of your uh, sort of broader strategy of expanding in Europe? Uh, yes, and actually, I think the key point is that uh, actually we're trying to build a Web three banking solution. Mm-hmm. So of course we are not a bank yet. But would like to build, and we we are actually working um, uh, into this, you know, direction to finally get uh, a Web three bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and the point here is that we'd like to combine different, you know, kind of instruments, different kind of uh, tools, and different kind of, um, you know. Uh, financial services for just common people, for just uh, regular people. Like, uh, I can give you an example, actually, a very nice example from Lugano. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you remember that I mentioned that it's it's actually possible to buy your Big Mac uh, in um, uh, Lugano's with, Ma- Ma- McDonald's. With crypto, yeah? Mm-hmm. With crypto, yes, with, with mm-hmm. crypto. So, mm-hmm. but I was just, uh, I just spent like five or ten minutes watching how people uh, do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I would say, like non-local uh, guys were struggling. Of course, you can pay with your crypto, but you can pay only from certain applications. You mm-hmm. can pay only using Lightning Network, and you can pay only in certain again currency. So for just common person, even crypto adopter, uh, you have to first push transfer some cryptos from your personal wallet to some certain wallet accepted by McDonald's and Lugano. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you need to make sure that you use Lightning Network and only after you can pay. So some number of steps. Mm-hmm. So uh, that means that actually uh, people still need some uh, easy-to-use solution where they will be able to connect fiat, crypto, and crypto on different networks. So that being said, that we all need one simple solution where we have all the pieces of this puzzle, like your uh, euro or dollars, mm-hmm. uh, your non-custodian wallet, and your custodian wallet, just to uh, make an easy swipes between between uh, fiat and crypto and between different networks, and uh, that's something we call Web3 Bank actually. So we're trying to combine both non-custodial and custodian wallet in one application. Mm-hmm. with all networks there so we're trying to combine uh again all the benefits of DeFi and cfi we're trying to combine all the benefits of trading and banking because like uh when we speak about banking the first thing we we we, we see is like like just payments uh custody or savings and, and payments mm-hmm. but uh, at some point lending but uh it's also about trading because crypto is like uh one of the most interesting form of money why not to 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 play with it why not to invest uh with, with crypto so and we still need one one application to have both like trading and, and uh, payments and banking right mm-hmm, so sure. and uh this is uh something else that we're trying to combine 
So long story short, uh, we have this, I think, very bold uh, like vision to build Web3 banking. So uh, this is uh, very bold, uh, but at the same time, we are, you know, we are humble and we are conservative. Uh, so we do not use any, um, you know, significant support from some big VCs. Uh, mm-hmm. We uh, still keep our focus on efficiency. Uh, uh, and that allows us to progress without significant issues like, you know, those big guys recently, you know, got. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, asked, you asked about regulation. Yes. So we have our headquarters located in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Switzerland is actually a very good location with uh, smart and favorable regulation. So uh, this is not the only benefit, but uh, still very important for this part. And um, our headquarter in, in Switzerland is surrounded by, by local entities in different countries. So we are regulated as financial <coughs> intermediary in pound broker in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And we already have a number of uh, local companies regulated as a crypto asset or digital asset or virtual asset service provider. So as you mentioned, we recently received our license uh, in Italy. Uh, plus we are in uh, progress with registration in Spain. Uh, plus we recently opened our office in Paris in France, mm-hmm. and we are in process of our application for DASP license, uh, in, in France. So, and more, 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 uh, locations, more jurisdictions to come. So, mm-hmm. uh, crypto still has a major problem. Like, uh, market operates globally, but regulated locally. So sure. that, that's why we still have to play with the, you know, this puzzle. And our way to play with it is to have headquarters in Switzerland and to have local entities um, in certain jurisdictions uh, and properly regulated local entities. Yeah, as for Italy, yeah, it's it's a beautiful market, uh, as you know. I believe so. <laughs> it's a beautiful uh, place too. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. And uh, we love our Torino partnership. Um, you know, I, I was not like a football or soccer fan before. Mm-hmm. I was mostly about ice hockey, sure. Uh, but after you know first visits to Torino Stadium and after first visits um, of their games, you know, I I fell in love with, with the team, with the with the brand, with the you know culture and the history behind. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I also remember. I think a few years ago, you were telling me about. Uh, you know, I think Uhodler was already established, and you were telling me how Zug was the like the city in Switzerland where everything was happening with respect to crypto. I wanted to find out, you know, it's been a couple of years since then. Um, is it really all of Switzerland now is very sort of, you know, pro business uh, in terms of pro crypto business sort of environment in the country with respect to, you know, networking opportunities, uh, qualified candidates, you know, for companies that operate out of Switzerland, right, and have offices there, has 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 that expanded sort of over the years? And Switzerland as a country has now become this sort of bastion of uh, crypto friendly, you know, everything. Yeah, I, w- I would say uh, yes. Uh, of course, it may vary, you know, canton by canton. Uh, you mentioned Zook, and yes, Zook was like a motherland uh, for Crypto Valley, Crypto Valley Association. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, it's expanded to other um, regions of Switzerland. So, uh, like maybe you know, I'm also on the board of the Crypto Valley Association, mm-hmm. and uh, being a board member, I also represent the western part of uh, Switzerland and um, uh, um, CVA. 
uh, crypto value association. So when, was, when I say Western, I mean Canton of Vaux, Canton Geneva, Canton Neuchâtel, Canton Valais. So actually one, quite a big part of Switzerland. And uh, previously, remember, I mentioned Lugano, mm -hmm. which is not the Western part, it's the South sure. part, but still. So, uh, of course, I think, uh, generally speaking, we can say that Switzerland is a good place for uh, digital business in general, uh, fintech business in general, and uh, crypto and blockchain uh, business uh, uh, as well. So, uh, as for differences, as I said, in Lugano, you can pay for different uh, things and stores, and uh, you can use local token, native token. In many of cantons, in some of cantons, actually, you can pay taxes, your taxes in crypto, like in Zook and in Lugano. So, uh, in our canton, I'm based in Canton of All. Uh, you, you cannot pay taxes uh, still, but you can easily buy Bitcoin even uh, at the post office and you can buy for your insurance, health insurance using Bitcoin. You can pay for your current car insurance uh, using crypto, stable coins or Bitcoins. So it's qu quite, you know, well adopted already. So, uh, and it's progressing. So, <clears throat> and by the way, in addition to, you know, my role in Crypto Valley Association, I have one more position, and I'm actually very proud of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm also like a business ambassador of uh, Innovo, or Canton of Wall. So Innovo is an investment and promotion agency of Canton of Wall mm -hmm. in Switzerland. So, and my mission there is actually promote our region and to, to, to get uh, more businesses, more entrepreneurs uh, from digital, fintech, and of course, blockchain mm -hmm. uh, industries. And uh, yeah, so we already quite advanced. I mean, uh, Switzerland in general and every canton uh, in particular, but uh, I think on coming years, we will make even more progress with it. Mm -hmm. yeah, about the Crypto Valley Association, where you are a board member, which you mentioned, am I understanding correctly that the organization's mission is to basically promote, promote Switzerland <coughs> as a crypto-friendly geography, so to say? Um, does it also uh, sort of liaise with the local regulators or the local government on formulating whatever new regulations, laws, whatever, making sure that they are, again, they, they serve their purpose from a regulatory standpoint, but are also, you know, don't hinder businesses and things like that? Uh, yeah. So actually, the goal is to build one of the most efficient and biggest communities on a global scale. So we have started from Switzerland, but nowadays we're not only in Switzerland, uh, we are actually having some progress with other regions as well. We mm -hmm. recently launched our Latin American chapter. US chapter is in progress, by the way, North America chapter. Uh, Germany chapter also is on the table under discussion of the board. Mm -hmm. So again, the goal is to build a community and ecosystem in order to help uh, industry members to exchange knowledge, exchange expertise, in order to help regulators to, to get you know in touch with the industry experts and to get an access to, to some knowledge base. So the goal is to collect expertise and to provide, again, community members, regulators, <clears throat> technology providers with, uh, with an expertise, with an access to, to industry professionals. Mm -hmm. So, and as I said, we are quite good in Switzerland. We, I would say, one of the most active uh, non-for-profit organizations in Europe already, and we are expanding to other regions. So mm -hmm. that's great. That sounds pretty awesome. I'd actually be interested to find out more about. Um, I'd be interested to find out more about the the U.S. chapter of this organization when it comes about. Um, perhaps 
uh, I don't know if there could be some synergies or some yeah, cooperation with finance with finance feeds in the future. Who knows? Um, because yeah, I, I, I I took a look at sort of you know what what the organization's done or the association has done in 2022, and it seems quite uh, uh, it seems quite interesting with respect to how you liaise with with different people in the industry, and it seems like it's a lot of knowledge sharing and uh, and networking as well. Yeah, uh, one of our executives uh, is based in California. Mm-hmm. I will be happy to to you know put you guys in touch, and uh, yeah, why not? Let's yeah. do something together. Sure, yeah, that would be that would be that would be that would be great. Um, Ilya, I know you mentioned a little bit about your background that you know some of your early career was in uh, financing. I believe um, you had mentioned. I wanted to find out what originally got you into financial markets um in you know in your youth let's say uh, i ask all of my guests this because uh, i see you know some people uh you know they they, they took uh, subjects like math and science during school and university and that's what sort of led them to um financial services generally right uh also math and things like that but then some of my guests are like me where we studied something completely different in school and in college and it's just that uh, sort of life experiences, uh, certain events happen in our life, and it just by chance we ended up uh, working in financial services industry. I specifically started out in forex. I believe you as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of, how did that all transpire for you? That's what I'm interested to know. Uh, everything happened, I would say, organically. Uh, so uh, I was studying philosophy actually, but not just philosophy. It was like uh, logic and philosophy, and uh, my specialization was the and um, uh, set theory, so something like in the middle of of math and philosophy. Okay. And I think it's something actually that lies uh, in the you know background of crypto actually. So back then I, I didn't think like that. So uh, back then I was just a young young guy who was like you know touching some interesting topics, uh, but without any ideas that in the future so set theory will be will be as like underlying, you know, uh, theory uh, behind like cryptocurrencies. But uh, it's just interesting that that I thought that I was studying something totally different, different, uh, different. But uh, as a result, you know, I have like a re- relevant, you know, education. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But as for as for uh, first steps, again, it happened just organically. So uh, I started as a like junior research. Um, uh, specialist uh, with one of the marketing agencies so I started to discover different markets so uh, ev- everything was just started with the FMCG markets when we moved to some other industries and uh, again organically uh, after uh, first you know projects with fintech I just realized that this is one of the most interesting areas because it's always on the top of uh, any other technologies just because it's like it's all about money and it's all about you know transmission of money it's all about uh, you know like every system uh, should have like a blood and blood is money <laughs> so <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah I just ended up with the conclusion that I'd like to focus on this industry just because this is like an essential part of any kind of uh, the business. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah, and then again, organically, it was like commercial finance, then it was effects, and then it was crypto. And uh, being inside crypto, I just realized that 
it is something I studied at my university many years ago. <laughs> you can always apply uh, this this knowledge and, and education and, and whatever else not, you had not, to not directly, not really. but indirectly. <laughs> yes, indirectly, yes. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, so you've okay, so you lived in, in Switzerland for quite some time, for quite a few years now. Um, on a personal level, let's say pe some people in our audience want to visit Switzerland. Um, what would you recommend in terms of cool things to do and activities like, I don't know, indoor, outdoor, depending on the season? Uh, what, are we talking skiing in the winter and what, maybe hiking in the summer? I don't know. You, you tell us. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I would suggest to go to YouTube and uh, <clears throat> search for uh, Roger Federer uh, videos. There are a couple of very nice ones with with Roger Federer and De Niro about like Switzerland no drama, ah okay, uh, and and, and a couple of others. Very nice, very nice official promotion of Switzerland <clears throat> from uh -huh. the state level, uh -huh. high quality, like perfect. <clears throat> so, uh, and then generally generally speaking, <clears throat> actually you can find everything here in Switzerland uh, except sea. So we don't mm -hmm. have an access to a seashore, sure. but we have a number of lakes. Mm -hmm. uh, as for all other things, we have everything. We have beautiful mountains, we have beautiful lakes, we have beautiful people, we have excellent infrastructure. Basically, why would you choose to work from any other place if you have everything here in Switzerland? So, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's <clears throat> maybe I, I, uh, it's it's just a common fact that if you look at the you know stats uh, about how often just. Swiss people are traveling around the globe, you will see that not like a big share of people traveling. Uh -huh. uh, they have money, they have time, I, I, I think, but they don't sure. do that just because a uh, country is beautiful <laughs> and it has everything. They, they uh, have everything yeah. they need, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I know uh, you know that, that I spent some years in, in the US, uh, different part, in different parts like uh, West mm -hmm. and East Coast, mm -hmm. in different countries in Europe and Cyprus. Um, and yeah, I can compare. Uh, so, uh, as you said, uh, during the winter time, you have plenty of opportunities for skiing. Uh, during the summer time, bikes, by bicycles, uh, paragliding, uh, skydiving, uh, whatever, lakes, uh, sailing on the lake, a lot mm -hmm. of different activities. Mm -hmm. And again, the good point about the business, <clears throat> it's like uh, we, we have really good community here, uh, multicultural, multilingual. Uh, very good infrastructure, uh, and uh, Switzerland is like uh, exactly in the center of Europe, so you can easily travel to any other uh, European countries, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, even US. So uh, we have uh, some big hubs like uh, Zurich Airport and Geneva Airport. You can easily fly to New York or San Francisco, so it's not a big mm -hmm. deal. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Or to uh, Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I've been to Switzerland a, a few times myself, obviously, for personal, uh, they were personal trips, not necessarily business at this point. Um, definitely, yes, very much a beautiful country. And lots of things to do lots, of, lots of culture, lots of history. Um, and, and very, very beautiful. Do you think you know, you since you have experience living and working in so many different places? Do you think you found sort of like a permanent home? <laughs> For now, at least, right? I think because it's a, it's a, it seems it's a great combination of of sort of work life balance from a work perspective. Yeah. You have networking opportunities, candidates to hire, good business environment, friendly business environment, and on a personal level, yep. you have things that make you your life comfortable. And you, if you feel comfortable, then then why not? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Why not? So I love Switzerland, and uh, I would love to 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 <clears throat> stay here for uh, forever. Uh, but of course, never say, say never. So mm-hmm. we live in the highly dynamic, highly like fast changing environment. Who knows what will happen next? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would prefer to to live here. So. Yeah, but again, never say, say never. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Ilya, last question. Um, will we see you or your team at any big or interesting <clears throat> events coming up? I know the year's pretty much almost over. Uh, interesting coming up from an events or conferences perspective for you, let's say end of the year or first quarter of next year that um, we should know about? Uh, so... I think the best way is just simply follow our social networks and, and monitor. We, we're quite quite active in the space. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, I think, will be presented in any big significant events. I will actually tell folks, <coughs> folks, you should follow Ilya as well on on uh, on Twitter because I think you're, you're quite active on there. Um, and actually, if I could follow up with, this will be probably the last question I forgot about this I wanted to ask you. Since you're quite active on Twitter, I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, Musk, uh, Musk bought Twitter. There's a lot of commotion, lots of uh, different opinions uh, being floated around. We know historically Twitter has been very good to crypto in the sense that it's been an, a good <clears throat> platform for networking and sharing information in a good way. Um, over the years. Do you think that that's going to continue, um, that Twitter will continue to um, to serve that function? Um, and w- what do you think about Musk buying Twitter? Like what are, you know, in terms of, you know, moderation <laughs> and all of these things that people are, are speaking about publicly? Uh, look, as always, uh, it's a nice show. So we all, I, I guess, love shows produced by Musk. <laughs> so... <laughs> And Twitter show was like one of the interesting ones, right? Yeah. So I have no issues with Musk by buying Twitter. Uh, in any case, I, I cannot compete with him buying Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I hope that uh, Twitter will still be like a main media for crypto. I don't see any signs that Musk will somehow block it or stop it. Mm-hmm. So no issues. <clears throat> uh, in terms of the product by itself, I think we already uh, know that uh, product concepts coming from Musk are uh, quite good. So we all know Tesla, we all know SpaceX, we know even PayPal. Uh, sure. Not many people love like, 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 like PayPal nowadays, but but still back then it was like a good product. So uh, I'm, I'm quite confident that, that Musk will make this product better. And to someone who complain uh, about these features, like to pay for more, you know, publicity, to pay for coverage, mm-hmm. I don't see any issues with it. Because even if you'd like to read Economists, right, you have to buy Economists, yes. you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to read Forbes, you need to buy a magazine or pay subscription. So mm-hmm. same here, why not? So if someone uh, like you would like to start your channel and pay for it, no, no, no problem. So right. uh, it, I think it's just like a common uh, practice. So long story short, actually, I'm pretty much positive and uh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome. Uh, well, Ilya, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. It was definitely a, a, a great discussion. And thanks for all of your insights uh, as to what's going on currently in the crypto markets. Um, yeah. I, I wish you personally and you, Holder, the best of luck in um, expanding in Europe. And we hope to touch base and speak with you uh, in the near future. 
Thank you, Nikolai. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our latest Finance Feeds podcast episode. For sponsorship opportunities or to become a guest, please email us at info at